on another exciting edition of Animation Deliberation. We're calling this episode our best of 2021 and our most anticipated for 2022 in terms of animated content. And we are excited to get into that right after some ads that we have no say over whatsoever. So do not turn that dial. We'll be right back. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation. A conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm really glad to get that uh, musical participation because that sets me up perfectly for what is about to happen next. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> See, I am Jay Scotty, and I'd like to say hello to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and yellow. Well, so far, you've heard my voice, but I've brought two friends along. And next on the mic is my man, Zoo. Come on, Zoo, sing that song. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that went over better than I thought it was going to. <laughs> All right. Well, as you heard, I'm Jay Scotty. I will let uh, my other two co-hosts introduce themselves. Zuhair, what's going on? I'm Zuhair. I'm clapping because I'm happy to be here. <laughs> very good. Very good. And uh, Andrew, you actually got that reference. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, but I'm really happy Zuhair flubbed that because I don't know what I actually would have said. I could have done the real rap, but introducing myself freestyle would not gone not have gone well. Do you do you actually know all the words? Oh yeah, I could do. There, there's an abridged version that's like eight or nine minutes, and I know every word to that. When you get into the, like the full fourteen minute version or whatever it is off the album, I get a little shaky. But oh wow, I, I'm very impressed. That's awesome. One one of these days we'll have to uh, have you break it down for us. We'll do a Stranded Panda karaoke night and see what happens here. <laughs> I, I would I would love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as stated at the top of the episode, we are this is a little bit of a different episode. Um, it's going to be a feedback heavy episode. We're taking uh, not really a break because right after this, we're going to get back into our weekly Demon Slayer coverage. But, you know, we put that call out there on the Instagram that Andrew's been doing such a tremendous job um, facilitating and we got a, a, a fair amount of feedback, so now it's time to, to talk about it. So I suppose we will start with uh, the 2021, the best of. And uh, let's see. I suppose we didn't really discuss this off air, but um, maybe we should just, does everybody have access to the, the feedback document? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess I will start. Uh, we've got Amida Vala Varapu. I 
I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, uh, she said Young Justice was her favorite of 2021. I think uh, we can, yeah, I think we can all agree there. Anyone who's in support of Young Justice, I support fully. Nice, nice. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, how much more we can say about it. We've devoted the majority of this content, uh, excuse <laughs> me, podcast to Young Justice content. So you are in good company, Amita. Who wants to take John? John's favorite of 2021 was Invincible and What If. All the heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with Invincible, especially. I kind of talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, but just that uh, spoilers for Invincible. If you haven't watched it, you know, definitely check it out on Amazon Prime. But there is a big showdown between the character of Mark Grayson and his father. And, uh, you know, just that was really uh, spoke to me a lot with my own relationship with my own father. And I was actually moved to tears by that particular fight. So definitely, definitely good stuff. And uh, next up, we've got V who's got a little bit of a crossover from some of the stuff we've heard already. Yeah. V said uh, invincible is their favorite property of 2021, but young justice is a close second. Um, I think some of the people on the Instagram definitely thought they had to have it narrowed down to one. And I think once we get into our host's favorite, you will hear a laundry list that says none of us could pick any one thing. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with both of those as well. And also tagging on to what you said earlier, Jay Scotty, I feel like mm-hmm. it should be a statement just blanket across this feedback episode. Spoilers for anything we're going to talk yeah. about. <laughs> good call. Good call. Um, if you haven't seen it, we're probably going to say some good things and other such items about any and all of the shows in 2021 for sure for sure and then it looks like v actually provided us with his best moment of 2021 so i I, we should probably go ahead and discuss that one you and you and i andrew uh definitely know all about this one yeah they didn't say specifically what in star wars visions the answer to the question was just star wars visions as their favorite part of 2021 Mm -hmm. and honestly i have to agree that show was just an amalgamation of best moments across the board like that was some of the best action you could get for money in animation in such a quick rapid hitting episode episode action 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 kind of way yeah uh for my own particular headcanon i'm going to imagine that specifically they're talking about the ninth Jedi. Because yes. Just yes. You yeah. beat me to it. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> Zuhair, once you listen to that podcast, you'll know that uh, Jay Scotty and I talked at length about that episode. Oh, it's, it's incredible. Incredible. It's yeah. like, <laughs> I don't even want to watch past it. Cause it just set such a good taste in my mouth. I don't want it ruined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one little caveat I will provide to that. There was that episode. Um, I can't remember what the episode was titled, but it was, obviously very much inspired by Astro Boy. And I actually watched the Astro Boy, excuse me, Astro Boy, Astro Boy film from 2009. And it, I didn't know that the character's name was actually Toby. So the whole T-O-B-1, all of that was like just so much. Yeah. Oh, okay. Someone out there was definitely yelling at us when we recorded that podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they were. I'm sure they were. But, you know, Astro Boy is a little bit more of a um, old school property, but yeah. Definitely nice to see it live on. So uh, continuing with the feedback here, we've got Elan Pratt, or excuse me, Elan Pratt. And this is a little bit different. She, or he, they, I'll say they brought up uh, She-Ra, which we haven't talked about at all. I think that was on uh, Netflix. 
And I think Matthew uh, Fox has, has brought that up once or twice. So definitely a fan there. And then of course, Invincible and What If. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about She-Ra. It's on my list. I know it was a very old property that they kind of redid on Netflix in the last couple years. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've heard really good things about it. So I'm glad someone's pitching us something new because maybe that means one of us will get around to it. Maybe that means we'll talk more about it. Yeah, if there's enough interest out there or if I just happen to you know stumble down that rabbit hole one day, <laughs> we could be talking about it. <laughs> All right, who's next? Next up is Christine talking about Young Justice and what if there is balance between DC and Marvel. <laughs> oh, that's a wonderful point. Yeah. So happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. And definitely in, in good company here. All right. And next we had Stephen Lyles and their answer was the Mitchells and the Machines. They said was one of the best uh, animated films of 2021. Mitchell's yeah. versus the machines. Mitchell's versus the machines. Apologies. Um, have either of you seen this? Not yet, but it's kind of in a similar boat to Shira. I know it's on Netflix, and I've only heard the highest praise, and it seems to be getting critical acclaim. So it is on the the watch list. But I'm I'm glad it was mentioned here. I didn't even hear about it until we made this call to action, and hmm. people were talking about it so much that I was like, Did I miss out on something important? Hmm. whoops yeah i saw a couple different websites like screen rant and such put it in the top five animated films of this year so it was getting at least some notice outside of the numerous pandas that we will get to that did uh talk about this should i be calling them pandas or animation enthusiasts what are we Uh, valued listeners valued listeners thank you because not everyone's here. Not everyone that listens is a panda. So we want to make sure that we're spreading love to all of our listeners from wherever part you are. True that. True, true that. Uh, yeah. And all that being said, I will say that I think Netflix marketing kind of failed on that one uh, a little bit. But yeah, that's not I don't here, think then. I ever saw any type of promotion for it. It was just, yeah. oh, this is something people are watching. Yeah. I think that's a whole other conversation that Netflix's marketing is just word of mouth. And if you didn't hear it from the right people, then you probably didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and probably more so for animated stuff, I think, outside of like Big Mouth and maybe like um, the Masters of the Universe. Yeah, Castlevania. There you go. Yeah, those are those have been in the, the public eye a little bit more so, I would say. Uh, but sure. anyway, moving on to Ron Kantrowitz. He mentioned Encanto, which I think is uh, kind of unique on this list. I don't think anybody else brought up Encanto. And had we done this a week ago, I would not have been able to say that I'd seen Encanto, but I actually just watched it on Disney Plus randomly the other night. And I, I did think it was delightful. Um, two of the songs in particular really stood out to me. The one about, um, I won't remember the, the character's name, but the strong sister, her song had like a kind of like hip hop vibe to it that I really dug. And then um, the song about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 no. Uh, but definitely definitely a, a fun time. I don't know if it reached the heights of Raya for me, but uh, Disney rarely miss the marks when it com- misses the mark when it comes to their animated stuff. That's a pretty high bar, bud. Yeah, true that, true that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and... Moving on, we actually have a person that has appeared on at least one episode of this podcast. Has, did she join you from Mugen Train? I can't remember. 
uh, Mugen Train was it. She hasn't been on for any uh, Entertainment District episodes yet. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, let's not bury the lead. Who are we talking about? Sarah Day McDougal had a list of What If, Demon Slayer, and Doug Days of Our Lives. I haven't seen Doug Days of Our Lives, but I have to imagine that's that's probably on Disney Plus. And I love I I love the original Doug series. I I myself uh, relate to Doug a lot. I like to draw, and I was a little bit of a more shy kid. But uh, the Days of Our Lives homage is hilarious to me because nobody in my family watched too many soap operas except for my or my grandma watching General Hospital, but my mom had a period of time where she watched days of our lives every single day at the same time. So I watched a lot of a particular um, arc of days of our lives. And what ended up being really odd about that is when I moved to California, my first roommate, he was a child actor and he actually appeared on days of our lives. And I watched him on that show. Oh, so yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. So I don't want to uh, break your heart too much here, Jay Scotty. But it's I I may have misspelled Doug when carrying over the uh, (laughs) feedback here. So apologies on that. It is Doug D.U.G. referencing Doug the dog from Up. It was a series of Ah. shorts about Doug. And it might even just be called Doug Days as I'm trying to look this up. But again, the feedback just carried over a little bit weird when we were doing this. So I apologize for that. Well, might be no, one no, of the no. best things that could come from it. Don't <laughs> but even... it's about Doug the dog from okay. the movie. <laughs> okay, okay. Don't even sweat it because I made a big assumption, and you know what happens when you assume. So. And you were Dude, on you such were a on that for a minute too. <laughs> I didn't know how to say something. I was like, I need to look this up. He's just going for it. I got to make sure well, before I correct him that I'm. I saw Andrew's about face right just shift, and I was like, What is he thinking right now? Oh, see. I'm uh I don't have I'm looking at the feedback and not you guys so let me change that so that I can see both that would probably be helpful. <laughs> yeah, you probably would have caught my confused face as I'm frantically typing on my keyboard like what's going on. Um Yeah, that was that was pretty fun to watch just Jay Scotty like going into it with his hands and Andrew just freaking out on his keyboard I'm like this is weird. What's going on? Yeah, this is a, this is a fun episode. And my oh, job man. as organizer has been lost. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I will see you next time. <laughs> no worries. No. Oh, worries. it's cute that you think we can pick up the slack. Um, <laughs> do want to mention that anime finally hit the list? Uh, yeah, I'm just more, I'm just excited that people talk about anime. It's fun. Is this really our first entry? the first anime oh my uh, you you might count star wars visions but if you don't that's understandable True. yeah i would count it as anime i mean yeah it, it was from very high profile animation or anime animation companies so yeah true that would not want to sully their names true not at all not at all okay and the next person up here i see i have, I have already misspoke <laughs> in terms of uh, one of the movies i just mentioned but Andrew, take it away. Next, we had uh, Emily Sissel, I believe. It's either Sissel. Sissel. Thank you. Uh, She responded with Encanto, Mitchells versus the Machines, and Wish Dragon, which was one I had not heard of either. I believe it was a Sony animated property of some sort came out on Netflix. Um, Okay. You're kind of getting a peek behind the curtain, listeners, that I 
did all of this so I could kind of look up what I didn't know and then send it to him right before we were going on air. So I may have a little bit more insight, but obviously not too much. That dragon looks interesting. Yeah, the animation style looked very bubbly and kind of fun. Okay. But we got an all Asian cast, too. Oh, nice. Well, that just makes me excited to have something I have no familiarity with whatsoever. <laughs> what the heck is this? <laughs> just looking at the images like, oh, <laughs> let's see. I want to watch it now. It, it reminds me a lot of like if Disney were to redo American Dragon, uh, Jake Long, a Disney TV show from like the early 2000s. Yeah. It, it has that. The, it has the very, again, bubbly animation style, but I don't I have no idea. I didn't see anything about this. It, it looks like DreamWorks. Like it almost kind of reminds me of like how to train your jack, eh, how to train your dragon, but even more like cartoonized, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's got a hell of a cast. Uh, like John Cho and Jimmy O Yang, who I love uh, from Silicon Valley. Constance Wu, nice. Yeah. This might just have to make the should watch list. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Thank you, Emily, for your enthusiasm for animation, uh, introducing us to something we didn't know about. All right. So Emily's uh, good people. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And we've got Mr. Gregory Cayley sounding off with Bad Batch and What If. And yeah, once again, definitely a good company. I think this is the first time Bad Batch has come up. and. If you've listened to any of the episodes that we did, we also did some crossover with the Star Wars Universe podcast, and that just really set a bar in in a lot of ways for like serialized animation, three uh, yeah. D like computer serialized animation. Yeah, just that balance of making things look as realistic as possible, but still respecting the artwork that they used in Rebels and Clone Wars. Just mm. man, so good. Yeah, that's actually a great point because as I, I haven't watched Rebels and I've only seen selected parts of Clone Wars, but I know that the Rebels series seemed to borrow from like the concept art of Ralph McQuarrie a little more so. So that is a, a great call out, the fact that it was able to kind of uh, create some unity between two disparate art styles. Not that they were completely different, but definitely uh, accolades to the show for, for that effort. I was talking to Haley Hobbs from Source Pages about rebels because we were just randomly wanting to do a rewatch and i tell you season two of that show is some of the best television i've ever seen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rebels is so good <laughs> <laughs> we will uh have to put that on on the docket of shows to cover i know i think star wars universe podcast is covering it right now yep yeah cool go check them out mm-hmm mm-hmm Next who's, up, next we here? have yeah. uh, Jordan Carrito talking about Bad Batch, What If, and Arcane. And speaking of shows that was on my list I could never make it to, Arcane was definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to speak poorly of any of these shows, and I did not actually watch Arcane. I have this weirdness with the way that a lot of these companies seem to be partnering with other brands 
Um, hmm. Arcane specifically, I believe, is partnered with like League of Legends. It's based on those characters. Correct. Yeah. And I just find myself immediately like if I don't care about the brand that they've partnered with. I'm not necessarily as inclined to take myself away from other shows that I'm already watching to put time into that. So I've heard good things about it. I definitely want to watch it. And I'm glad someone brought up that it's worth a watch. I just I wanted to put it out on the air in case anyone important ever heard it to be like, hey, maybe this isn't the best path forward because it it definitely makes it really weird because none of my friends currently have seen it. So I couldn't hear Mm. anything good about it until I actually started looking into it after I saw this feedback. So the only reason that I was interested in it is because uh, Guru Irvin, who did the episode of Raya with us, told me that I should watch it. And that okay. was enough reason to just be like, okay. He yeah. said that he has no connection to League of Legends either. So it was just, he watched it solely on the show and said it was yeah. like watching. So I was like, okay. Yeah. It's all I yeah. need. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to get both of those those pieces of feedback there because I have no interest in League of Legends myself, but then we were just kind of talking about Netflix marketing. This is one of those ones I felt like it was just all over the place. Like everybody saying, you should watch this show. You should watch this show. And I, I know for myself, like some YouTubers I follow and whatnot that don't necessarily, um, you know, specialize in animated content, they were drawn to it. So as it was coming out, I was thinking like somewhere in the back of my head, should we be covering the show? But you're going to find a through line here when it comes to Netflix content. That's going to be kind of my biggest blind spot. I just, for whatever reason, not to spend too much time on this, but Netflix is always the streaming service that I kind of opt for last. Like Hulu's my favorite. That's the one that I'm always going to be paying for. But if I don't have to pay for Netflix, I, I only kind of, I subscribe basically month to month for Netflix. But it seems like that I might be shooting myself in the foot there because it, it seems like Netflix has really got a lot of great animated content. And it's also one of the reasons that we love talking to the listeners is because we have our preferences and like our list of things that we want to hit. But if there is stuff that like isn't as high on our priority list that the rest of the world is like, oh, my God, you need to watch it. Like we want to know that people are actually interested in like wanting to know our thoughts on this stuff so that we can, you know, just pop on it a little more. Very true. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, especially when you talk about streaming services like that, we don't have time to look at all of them, watch all of them or pay for all of them. So there could be some random thing that comes out on Crunchyroll, which, you know, we don't all have, but could be really good. So it could be a huge blind spot that I'm not even going to click on the article that says now out here. So yeah, by all means, we're in a world where so many things go unnoticed. If there's something you guys really, really like, we'll kind of Try and do that. Content overload. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who we got next? It should be a, a familiar name to anybody that's listened to this show for any number of episodes. Yes. So next up, we have TJ Stafford. And although he didn't have anything extra to say, he tagged onto this last one of uh, Jordan's just saying that he agreed that Bad Batch, What If, and Arcane are some of the best things that he got to watch in 2021. Which I'm almost upset that he didn't say anything extra about Young Justice with all the fantastic, uh, you know, listenership he's given. Given us. at this point, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely uh, appreciate you, TJ. Thanks for you know always tuning in and 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 sending us feedback. I, it's one of my favorite adjectives to describe describe you. But you're one of our most stalwart listeners, and love you. 
What if uh, agreed with above like refers to literally everything above and not just the one? <laughs> <or above? laughs> it was specifically in a comment chain. I made sure this one was done right because I recognized TJ's name. I wanted to make sure we were getting whatever his thoughts were. Yeah. Uh, okay. Next up is one that uh, we haven't talked about at all. So Bianca Fernandez uh, sent in Ron's Gone Wrong, which I've seen the trailer for. I uh, th- think I remember when it came out theatrically. Uh, so I know a little bit about it, but didn't check it out. I think it's a, a DreamWorks joint, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Yeah, that's uh, one that was on my list. And then when I was at Best Buy, I think like two days ago, I saw it on the shelf and I was like, I totally forgot about this one. I was actually interested. Excuse me. I was actually interested in it. Okay, but you haven't seen it yet. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's really weird because I also saw that you can watch it on Disney Plus. Okay, so then it's probably not a DreamWorks joint. Actually, maybe it is. But it's also on some other streaming services. So I don't know who did this or what it was, but I agree. It was a really intriguing concept. And I think it's one of those that may have been unfortunately snubbed by the state of the world they went to streaming and dvd release earlier because it seemed like it didn't hit theaters for very very long yeah so 20th century studios that's why it's on okay Ah, there it is okay that that makes sense yeah because i could be mistaken here but i did ice age not somehow get absorbed by disney they did in the 20th century deal as well that's what it was okay okay, okay. so yeah they're that still making yeah. the movies like free guy and stuff under the 20th century moniker right but right, when right. they bought fox to get the x-men they also got all of the fox movies that were in production at that time so we don't know if they're going to keep making them but all of the ones that were in production will still be under that name at least for the foreseeable time that they have that i think okay. free guys actually supposed to be hitting disney plus sometime soon oh nice that's cool I'm excited. I have not gotten a chance to see that. I know all, all great things about it, obviously. it just That's one that I, I missed in theaters, but I bought it as soon as it came out on digital because I just heard so much about it. I'm so glad that it wasn't spoiled for me. But yeah, watching that was great. Yeah, yeah. Not to get off on too much of a tangent, but all I'll say is catchphrase. <laughs> um and the last thing i'll say about ron's gone wrong is just in terms of like talking about some of the like uh production and release uh woes or what have you it reminds me a lot of one another one that i haven't seen yet but there was this one called spies in disguise with like tom holland and uh oh, yeah that was a funny one yeah with, with will smith and it was just kind of like released at a weird time and it was like disney ended up marketing it but you could tell it wasn't a disney original but yeah just interesting yeah i really enjoyed that one that was funny all right who we got next uh katie lisbeth abraham says ryan the last dragon and what if you have great taste ryan the last dragon was incredible yeah you mentioned uh guru Irvin earlier and, and we were lucky enough to have a martial arts expert i mean not to take anything away from Yuzu here, you've been practicing. Oh, I'm before. no expert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was one of my favorite episodes we did. It was just really cool to get the cultural aspects that I didn't pick up on at all. And it's just a wonderful film. I loved it the first time I watched it and was, uh, I didn't quite cry, but I definitely welled up a little bit and I didn't lose any of that emotional payoff on the second viewing. So if you have not seen Raya, I cannot recommend it hi- highly enough. And you should definitely listen to that episode and then go watch it again because it was really nice having 
uh, Gura Irvin's insight and then just the comparisons to like Filipino culture and whatnot. It was, it was a really fun time. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So next up, we have uh, Matthew Fox wrote in to give us a little bit of feedback on this. And he said, Luca and Mitchell's versus the machines and Bad Batch and Invincible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I mentioned Matthew Fox earlier and they host the Star Wars Universe podcast. So it's fitting that Bad Batch is on this list, but I'm a little surprised to see that they included Invincible. They also host a podcast called Superhero Ethics. And I, I'm imagining that's probably where he got most of his enjoyment out of Invincible because um, it was definitely graphic and gory and turned a lot of people off. But that was one of my favorite things about it was just that it wasn't afraid to go there. Uh, but just interested. It, it does surprise me a little bit to see it included on this list, but I'm I'm very glad that it is. Um, Luca has not been brought up at all, but I have not seen Luca. So I got to guest host on his Invincible episode. Ah, there we go. And yeah, there was, we easily could have done like three or four episodes off of that with just the, the, the number of, oh man, just questionable things that was going on <laughs> in that show. Like there was so much to talk about and so much that it was just. He's just got to be wrong in the head for so many different ways from like <laughs> stealing somebody's body to, you know, taking soldiers and mind what there was, just, there was so much. It was, <laughs> I forgot, like, I got angry in that episode, like just talking about some of the stuff when we actually hit it in depth. So, you know, that was just, that was a playground for superhero. Ethics. That was just definitely fitting to everything that that show was about um for mm-hmm. luca i feel really bad because i put it on once and i fell asleep Ooh. uh it was interesting i do need to watch it again and stay awake for the whole thing <laughs> the, the concepts the concept's interesting though it's 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 about as g-rated as you can get for like i don't know twilight level vampires huh like instead of sparkling in the light, you turn into a mermaid in the water. Okay, okay. I I had kind. Of, oh, go ahead, Andrew. No, I was just gonna say it sounds interesting. I didn't have a chance to watch that either, but yeah, I had kind of heard the general consensus that it it was very G rated and and played it pretty kid friendly. But other than that, the main thing that stood out to me is that it kind of seemed like a little bit of a departure for Pixar in terms of their animation style. I, as I recall, things are very much more rounded um, in terms of like the character features and whatnot. You don't get really like any sharp angles whatsoever. So it just kind of gives it, we kind of described um, the wish dragon as being a little bubbly, but I would, I would kind of equate this the same way. It gives me that kind of a uh, Play-Doh feel. I don't want to speak too much on it because I, I don't know too much about it, but apparently there are like issues with Disney animation and Pixar like in-house. Ooh. And they've been like having beef with each other and they're trying to focus more on the Disney animation, less on the Pixar. I don't understand like the full mm. situation behind it, but it has been stuff that's been coming up. So it's like I, I'm questioning like the longevity of Pixar stuff and if it's just going to be absorbed in at some point. I don't know. Ooh. 
Yeah, I was going to say, because in 2020 specifically, they had the two movies of Onward and Soul that came out under the Disney and Pixar. And both of those felt very much, like you said, a departure from the usual animation style that they had and something that was a bit more bubbly and elongated. And, you know, Soul was still a very good movie. I did not hear a lot of things about Onward, which was where it first felt like they kind of had that misstep that it didn't even look like Pixar. So people were like, is this a DreamWorks movie? Is this a Pixar movie? So there was a lot of that going on. So I'm interested to see where they go going forward. But that said, everything I've heard about Luca, despite it being kid friendly, was still it's a very fun uh, bout at what what's going on, as well as was Encanto Pixar as well, or is that still uh, just that Disney just, animation? Just Disney animation. Yeah. Okay, so if Luca was the only thing they did, that was still fairly good from what I heard. For uh, the two movies that you mentioned, Onward and um, Soul. Soul, yes, both fantastic movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not to get on too much of a tangent because Onward came out in 2020, and it was one of the first ones as, that was really impacted with the pandemic. I think it was like in theaters for like two or three weeks, and then. If it wound up on Disney Plus like within like three or four weeks after that. But that one did speak to me again, just, uh, you know, relationships between brothers, particularly as well as with their father and whatnot. Like that was one I, I cried at the end. So it got me. Can't speak to Soul, though. I kind of fell in the same boat where I feel awful about it because I know it's really good. But just my timing was bad. I think I was exhausted. I put it on and, and fell asleep and just have not found the time to revisit it. But I want to. I mean, we're talking a lot about these uh, movies, so I'll, I'll skip a little to James Hewings, who mentions Bad Batch, Star Wars Visions, Luca, Soul, and Raya. Uh, so that's all Disney. Uh, so clearly they've had like a good rap. Um, Soul, I think it... I'm sorry, it went over my head already. Did you say that you did see it or didn't see it? I did not. I only watched the first few minutes and I fell asleep. I think you probably would enjoy it because it hit me as an artist really well like sure. i wouldn't say it was one of like the top notch ones but it was it was above average it was very enjoyable and like that the, the state of mind that they talk about where it's like you get so lost into your art that you're like you transcend from it that you're like in your own little world that like level of meditation that was like it was the concepts that really hit me in that movie more than like the implementation itself it was really cool yeah, it was very uh, inside out vibes. I love inside out. So that's I'm, I'm sold all over again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So considering that we skipped around a little bit, uh, I, th- I think we're on me. I'll, I'll say for uh, Christopher McGinn, uh, they mentioned a lot of ones that have already been brought up. Invincible, What If, Soul, Luca. But this one's pretty unique. They've got Rick and Morty on there. And I, I think people are probably surprised that this is the first time we've mentioned Rick and Morty on this show at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I do love some Rick and Morty. I I don't know if I'm current. I think I watched through season four, but I have not seen anything from season five, but yeah, Rick and Morty is, is awesome. It's definitely mature content. Uh, (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I got mentioned and uh, maybe, one of these days, uh, maybe we'll bring in a, a guest that has particular love for for Rick and Morty. But I know Dan Harmon um, was involved, and I was it Justin. Ah, 
Royland, I believe. Justin Royland, yeah, Justin Royland, and I know he's he's great. He does the voice of both Rick and Morty. So Morty, Morty, it's it's my one armed man, Morty. That's the best Rick I got. And let me see. Uh, I used to do a Morty impression, but ah, jeez, Rick, ah, jeez, Rick, why you gotta be like that to my you sister? Put it way up your butt, Morty. Come on, Morty, just put it way <laughs> up your butt. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for Rick and Morty. <laughs> That's one of those shows where it's like, it's so all over the place. It's kind of hard to cover unless you're just doing it one season at a time or oh. whatnot. Like it's one of those things. Like if they did it, if it if there were a season to come out this year, and it was weekly, I wouldn't mind doing it by episode. But like covering a whole season at once, like it's just so all over the place. It's really hard to keep up with. For sure, that's one of the most out there shows to ever exist i don't know how you could attempt to structure talking about more than one little thing at a time true true uh i do kind of hope as a marvel fan that they take some inspiration they already have i know it's uh, the reason i brought up dan Harmon is because he actually they brought him in at the last minute for the first doctor strange film to do some uh tweaks to the script there just to make the like time travel and, and paradox like continuity all work out. But I really kind of hope with the introduction of the character of Kang that we get a council of Kang that Kangs that is somewhat akin to the council of Ricks. That'd be pretty great. That would be. And one thing for Dan Harmon, he is a very intelligent guy, despite writing no offense to Rick and Morty, one of the stupidest shows I think I've <laughs> seen. Like the humor is so out there, but it's so intelligently written that it just makes it funny. Like if anyone else had written that, I think it would all fall flat, but he is such a smart guy in the way he writes and delivers stories that it's, it's a very well done job. So I'm glad to hear that he had something to play in that whole understanding time travel and paradoxical situation stuff. I hope he's on retainer for the remainder of uh, phase four of Marvel. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, he did community with the Russo brothers. So Very true. it yes. makes sense that they yes. would, they would bring him in. They seem to be a good pairing. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Who we got next? I think now we're down to Tyler math. Oh, uh, we got, we got Zachary Baker. Um, oh, kind forgive of, me. No, no worries. Uh, Zachary Baker going back to what if an invincible. All right. And because I just brought him up, Tyler Mass says, Big Mouth on Netflix enjoyed the comedy of younger years in grade school to be both relatable and cringeworthy. I can't say I've heard of that one. Oh, I'm, really? I'm interested that you haven't heard of it. Yeah. It's, Big, it's, uh, go ahead. Andrew. Big Mouth was on Netflix for what, four seasons now, I believe? That sounds right to me. It yeah. came out, if I had to guess, around 2016, 2017, because it was right around when I was going into college okay. was when it started to take off on Netflix. And uh, full disclosure, Tyler's a very good friend of mine. I was like, hey, right. Oh, nice. uh, so thanks, cool. Tyler. Thank so you. he's one of the people that turned me on to the show in the first place because they okay. just it is one of those kind of off the wall. It's about the coming of age puberty point in people's lives and it's so cringy but you watch some things and you're like oh this is really how a lot of us were wasn't it so it just gets <laughs> relatable and funny in really bizarre ways say what you will about the animation style but it's a good delivery of the material for sure i'm glad you say that because i'm looking at the images and it's like yeah looking at that alone would make me say no but knowing that nick crawl jenny slate and jason i can never say his name uh which jason is it 
Jason Mansu. Oh, Jason Mansuzukas. Yeah. Yeah, him. The fact that they're in it makes me go interesting. It was critically acclaimed in the first few seasons. I believe it. It's got ninety nine percent on IMDb. That people love it. It is a one of those. Oh, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Sorry. Yeah, it's like I said, it has so many things that a lot of us went through as teenagers that everyone's like, okay, this is really, really relatable. Yeah. Uh, again, I am very familiar with it. Uh, it's been very, uh, it's got the highest acclaim and it's been marketed really well, but I have not watched it yet. Part of that may be the aversion to the animation style, but yeah, knowing the talent behind it, uh, I'm a big Nick Kroll fan. He's absolutely hysterical. So I will uh, double down on my efforts to revisit that one next time that uh, Netflix subscription gets re-upped. He's the douche on Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it a radio with the douche? <laughs> or, um, Shout out to Pandavision. I did coverage with Brian V. Klein of the Source Pages podcast, as well as with Karen Huffsteller, who's appeared on a lot of Bingers Assemble. Uh, we covered what we do in the shadows, and he is a f- favorite guest star. He appears as Simon the Devious, and just check the show out alone for his two appearances, I will say. But moving on. Yeah, uh, so I think this is our last one. If we I'm- got a whole anime list. Yes. Um, another friend of mine, Jillian Kurtick, uh, she said Jujutsu Kaisen, it started in 2020 and then it's still coming out in 2021. Uh, Skate apparently is a slice of life anime. I've never heard of it before. It's SK8 for any of the listeners out there who's questioning this show. Uh, the mm-hmm. Way of the House Husband and Demon Slayer Mugen Train. And I am just going to shout out right now, Way of the House Husband is hilarious. It is not one of those anime that I'm like, oh, you're going to watch it because it's like great animation or some special story. It is a Netflix anime that they they contracted a Japanese company for, obviously. And they wrote these like six to eight minute shorts. And, you know, each one is just this quick, okay, what's happening today in this person's life? But the guy is a disgraced... uh, yakuza member who becomes a house husband for like his sister i believe is what it is so he's going on this these strange misadventures where like you can imagine someone from the yakuza trying to get his dry cleaning done and get you know the red jelly off of his shirt that definitely doesn't look like red jelly as he's covered in tattoos so it's just one of those crazy off the wall hilarious like you they write the comedy really really well if you're looking for something fun and short like late at night put one of those on because you'll just kind of have a little laugh about it. I really, really enjoyed it. That's that's great. That's been one of my favorite things about this episode we're doing so far is just getting introduced to these things I've never heard of and uh, having new things to look in. That sounds really wonderful. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Now, do you know anything about Jujutsu Kaisen? Yes. Um, I am unfortunately only halfway through it. Um, okay. It's a it's always hard to explain. It's one of those demon based anime, as there are hundreds of them in uh, Japanese culture. A lot of their lore and history, I have found out, is based around demons. Sure. In the same way that we kind of talk about like unicorns being mythos, they talk about demons. So that's why there's so many anime that surround demons. Basically, it's a it's hard to get into. It's a school of like sorcerers that fight these demons and they kind of go on the misadventures of the super super powerful ones that they run into and how they deal with 
those different things but Mm. it's very very modern coming out in 2020 like in the first episode they joke like what's your type of woman as he's walking into the school like that's one of the quiz questions and his response is jennifer lawrence which like feels so modern to have in an anime or something you're expecting it to be you know a japanese person that is probably very popular but we've never heard of it's very relatable in that regard and it holds very high regard for only coming out at the beginning of this past year interesting interesting well between that and skate which is not the video game there's a lot to look in there but that is interesting what you bring up about just the uh like asian mythology including demons so much because i think back on dragon ball uh before the character of piccolo was kind of retconned to be a namekian alien like if you just watch dragon ball he's just demon king piccolo like he is just a demon and then obviously we've been talking a lot about demon slayer um i can't remember the character's name in dragon ball but there's the the pig character that uh, he was really present in Dragon Ball and he kind of takes a back Olaf? seat. Yes, yes. Olaf. Olaf. Um, that kind of reminds me of Demon Slayer as, as well. You've got these demon characters that they're battling against, but there's always kind of like a pig-like character that's very irreverent and kind of rude to his friends and kind of looks out for himself first and foremost. A lot of that takes inspiration from Journey to the West, which featured like those kind of archetype, archetypical characters. So. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we have gotten through the feedback for 2021. So at this point, we can take turns kind of addressing anything that wasn't brought up that was a particular highlight for ourselves. Who wants to go first? Um, I don't think I have too much that didn't cross over. Um, we talked about Bad Batch, we talked about What If, we talked about Demon Slayer, Invincible, mm-hmm. Raya, Young Justice. Um, Castlevania was one that wrapped up this year. And, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, is the artwork and action just freaking incredible on that. It's, 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 like, every season is just, like, a long buildup, and then it really pulls through with the last few fight scenes. And mm-hmm. this one kind of hit that trend once again. And it wrapped it up in a way where it's like they could keep going if they wanted to. Hmm. And that studio has done other stuff like Blood of Zeus. They also did uh, Masters of the Universe. Oh, nice. But yeah. I have my thoughts on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Castlevania is definitely worth a rewatch. Um, okay. Um, on top of that, so like the stuff that was kind of disappointing for me was mm-hmm. one Master of the Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't watch the original series too much, but just with the hype around it and the fact that it did use that same studio was just kind of like, I guess I just kind of expected a little bit more. And I'm, have you even gotten to watching the second part of it yet? I have not. Okay. I I, so, I enjoyed the first half, but I think I liked uh, covering the classic series with yeah. uh, Brian V. Klein and his, his buddy Dale uh, was the most enjoyment I got out of that whole experience. But, you know. Yeah. So there was that Modoc. It was a fun one-time watch, but it wasn't with the cast that they had. I guess I expected more. Fair. Um, I gave it a little too much. And then Visions. While I haven't finished it yet, there have been more meh episodes or episodes that I had like high standards for that didn't quite meet it. Then hmm. there were like hmm. really good ones. Um, I mean, I haven't made it past ninth jedi but that one and the first one were kind of like my main notable ones and the the duel just set such a high bar that it was like 
okay, when are we going to hit this level again? And Ninth Jedi was the last one to get there for me. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. those were kind of my uh, my ups and downs of the animation world this year. I mean, and then My Hero Academia that last season. Um, while it was one of the slower ones because it's building up so much about the villains, so they kind of had to backtrack a little bit. We hmm, do okay. have just so much more of the mythos and the story building and more of the villain stuff, so we know that the season that comes out in 2022 is just going to be all bonkers again. Very good. Very good. Andrew, what do you got? So yeah, most of my stuff we kind of already talked about. Uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, obviously, we've talked high and low over the past couple of weeks about how amazing that was. What If is going to hold a special place in my heart because it was fantastic and my introduction to the both of you uh, to be able to talk out here. Uh, yeah. Invincible was just groundbreaking in terms of what could be done outside of anime, kind of in US animation. It felt very special. Um, and then one of the ones that I had that not really many people brought up, and I know this one's just because this show holds a special place in my heart. Uh, Adventure Time Distant Lands came out this year. They okay. were four, I think, hour and a half long episodes or whatever you want to call them, just surrounding more of the characters from the original Adventure Time. I absolutely love that show growing up as a kid. And then one of my best memories of college is me and my buddies watch the entire show front to back front to back in the course of a couple of months and didn't know how much of a connected story the show actually had so we like laughed cried and everything in between at a kid's show so what getting to see a little bit more of that story this year was really really fun to me it wasn't anything stellar animation wise because the original show really wasn't but the stories they told in these hour and a half chunks were super duper compelling so if you like the original i would definitely recommend that and then i just have an honorable mention that was it didn't come out this year, but it was kind of the end of 2020 into 2021. That resurgence that Avatar The Last Airbender had when it hit Netflix was an awesome time to be a part of animation community. The way that people were talking about that show again, that is one of the best animated shows to ever come out. I would definitely say like being a part of a community of people, whether it was through this podcast or otherwise that were super hype about that mm -hmm. show was just such a fun time to be a fan of animation. So mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of throw that out. And then if I'm allowed to say it, um, animation deliberation came out in 2021. It's this cool <laughs> podcast. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, one of my favorite things to come out of this uh, year. You're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> I had to throw it out there as we're talking about this year in review for animation. Well, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Glad we brought you into the fold. Um, yeah, so uh, for myself, I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, Adventure Time as well as uh, Avatar, the, the Last Airbender, because that's one of those shows that there's such a fervent passion for. Like when we do cover it, we've got a laundry list of people that I'm sure want to hop on the cast and talk about it. Read Rise of Kiyoshi. <laughs> I don't that? read what is that? books. <laughs> Okay. I I have not willingly read a book since probably middle school, and they made two books, Rise of Kiyoshi and Shadow of Kiyoshi, that are canon on Avatar The Last Airbender about Kiyoshi and the mayhem that she had to go through and how they found out she was the Avatar. And oh, that poor girl, just mm. the, it was her life is absolute chaos. And the books were so well written, I could not put them down. It is worth a read. 
even if you don't read books, you will read this one. Avatar: <laughs> Last Airbender. It had to be said. Duly, duly noted. Because they came we... out the last couple of years too, so it's very recent. Okay, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Uh, as for myself, I already took the opportunity to kind of talk about my love for Invincible and that, that special moment. Well, calling it special is kind of weird, but impactful moment. Um, <laughs> I, I am glad that Yuzu here brought up My Hero Academia because mine. I, I just said my My Hero Academia binge because I never watched the show until 2021 and I watched all the way through all four seasons. I need to start season five and it's just getting to that point where I'm not going to wait for the dub anymore. I'm just going to watch the sub. And a lot of that is uh, because of, of Demon Slayer. I've been watching Demon Slayer and enjoying the, the sub just as much. So I'll get back to it. Um, outside of that, I wanted to mention the show Archer. Uh, they aired their new season and it was the last season that Jessica Walters will be a part of because she passed away this year. And the Aww. salute that they gave to her on the show was, was very fitting, very beautiful and very appropriate. So just really uh, appreciated that. And a lot of people will know her most from her role on Arrested Development. She was the, um, the mother on Arrested Development and she played Archer's mother on Archer. She was Mallory Archer. Um, other than that, I wanted to give a shout out to hit monkey that was one of those Marvel shows that was going to be appearing on Hulu that uh, I always knew that I'd have some level of interest in covering, but that show was just a blast. It never hit the levels like Invincible in terms of the gore and violence, but it just towed this really nice line between comedy and violence. And Jason Sudeikis does a great job as kind of the, um, the voice for the show because the main character is a monkey and he, he he's not a talking monkey. You hear screeches and oo, oohs and ahs from this monkey. So you need somebody to kind of act as that voice for you. And it, it was just really good. And uh, a friend of the show, Blake Geilenfeld, joined me to talk about that one. It was kind of nice. He actually gave me the the volume of uh, Bullets and Bananas from Hitmonkey as a gift. So uh, really, really special for me. So. Yeah, I still need to watch that. But you're just saying Jason Sudeikis makes me want to watch it because... God, do I love him in Ted Lasso? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that that show was a godsend. Yeah, I got through the first couple episodes of Hit Monkey. I I don't pay for the premium Hulu, so mine has ads. So I just get so sick of it. So I need to watch things like over time. But the couple episodes I got through were so much fun. I need to do that so I can also listen to you and Blake uh, talk about it at some point. Yeah, but it, it seemed like a lot of fun for sure. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so I think that uh, takes care of everything for 2021, uh, which is fitting because we're getting close to an hour here. So we'll have to be a little bit, a little bit quicker with our, our stuff of 2022, but I think that'll be okay because that's a lot of speculation and I think we're going to get a fair amount of crossover for one property in particular yeah. that people <laughs> seem can, to be I pretty... I can run through those for you real quick. <laughs> yeah, what you got? All right, so we have... Spider-Verse, 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 Spider-Verse. And then Harley Quinn Season 3, Spider-Man Freshman Year, Sync 2, Bad Batch Season 2, Dragon Ball Super, Lightyear, One Punch Man, Demon Slayer, Attack on Titans Final Season, Chainsaw Man, and the Jujutsu Kaisen movie. And in case I missed it, Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that was the best part about getting the feedback both off of the instagram and putting this all together was how many people put spider-verse and zuhair didn't say some because i just started leaving things blank and just because people were commenting in threads of like oh yeah this movie's coming out it's gonna be so much fun like every (laughs) single person was just hammering home that spider-verse was the number one thing that they were excited for i mean rightly so that first movie was just such a delight and and so wonderful. And I think it really came out of left field for a lot of people. Um, but I know Chris Lord or Chris Lord and Phil Miller, or maybe I'm Chris Miller, Phil Lord. I can't remember wh- which it is, but Lord and Miller. I know that they were involved as producers for that one. They've done a lot of great stuff in animation and live action. Uh, I know they did cloudy with a chance of meatballs and clone high for your fans out there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I love the puns in the second one so much. <laughs> That's one of those good, bad movies. Like, it's not a great yeah. movie, but it's so much fun to watch. <laughs> That's your <Yeah>. opinion. <laughs> I love that movie. Well, the, the thing about uh, the first Spider-Verse, as much as it like kind of like pushed the envelope with the animation style, and it kind of did that, uh, the thing with the frame rate where it actually felt like you were kind of like flipping through the pages of a comic yeah. to yeah. get the action. Uh, I really felt like it. No Way Home has a lot it owes a lot to across or excuse me into the spider verse, not across the spider verse. That's the new one into the spider verse, just because that was, I really, what I really think what made, you know, the multiverse more of a household concept for lack of a better term. Yeah. That was like the Marvel demand. This, the week that movie came out was, well, now we need three live action Spider-Mans together. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't think we would have gotten that movie had it not been for Spider-Verse doing as well as it did, because it just, it made everyone okay with this idea of things being different because they could have played Spider-Verse in a much different way of like, Oh, we're going to bring in these alternate Spider-Men, but by specifically putting it not on quote unquote, our earth and giving us the female doc Ock and the weird brands to kind of let you know that there's other stuff going on that we want to care about, I think made people more okay with these things that we care about coming into our Spider-Man world as we knew it in the MCU. So they played it beautifully without, I think, intending that to be the final result. Because I haven't heard many people clamoring to get the X-Men in, whereas every single person, (laughs) the day Spider-Man came out, was like, we need three Spider-Men. Whereas I have always been on board with the X-Men coming in. But that's also my opinion. And Jake Johnson is an American treasure who deserved to be in that live action movie. Beer, gut, and all in a Spider-Man suit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know joining the cast for the new one, we've got... um, Oscar Isaac, who's appeared in a number of Marvel Ooh. properties already, oh, and is yeah. going to be our Moon Knight. But just that little snippet that we got in the trailer, I mean, it's a phenomenal trailer, but i that was the thing that engaged me right off the bat was the changing art style. He goes through a portal, comes out the other end, and then you just got this like art style that's like has no outlines at all. It seems a little more 2D than the stuff that we were seeing before, but uh, I'm all on board. That's one of my favorite things about animation is just being able to to change up the style and, and do different things. And this movie seems perfectly set up to, to basically do everything under the sun. Maybe we'll get some noir sequences and I mean, they, they can really go anywhere with it. I, I'd be, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Yeah. I think there's a chance we're going to have to do two podcasts about that one, just to gush about the story and a whole other one, just to talk about the art. If they keep giving us like 
different worlds with different art styles. We'll be able to go mm-hmm. talk about that for however long. And we've only seen 30 seconds of this movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, keeping well, on the Spider-Man train a little bit, uh, Spider-Man freshman year. Yeah. That's one of my most anticipated uh, for the new Marvel series that they did on, you know, Disney investor day, or was it Disney plus day? I'm getting the two misconstrued but whatever when they announce that one and we know that it's going to be a part of the mcu uh forthright that's always exciting for me we what if was the first one to really do that and now we've got a brand new animated series that hopefully everybody that is fully on board for the mcu will join us for that one as well yeah it seems like we may get the origins of his powers and whatnot through animated form yeah i want to know where the spider came from like someone pointed out after No Way Home, if there's no Oscorp, like he doesn't know who Norman Osborn is, where did the spider come from that bit our Peter Parker? Oh, because the other two Spider-Men were bit by Oscorp spiders. Where did this one come from? So I kind of hope they answer that question in that show. Oh. That's a really good point. Uh, but it also makes me think of things that we know from the Spider-Man mythos that we haven't seen yet. And I'm thinking about Uncle Ben. We're finally going to get our MCU uncle ben and even though he won't be at live action it'll just be exciting to as many times as we've seen uncle ben it, it'll just be nice to see the mcu version of uncle ben i don't know if i can cry again <laughs> uh, well yeah but on the topic of mcu before we go into the other anticipated stuff that people said for 2022 um i don't think anyone said anything about what if season two possibly because we don't we now may or may not know there was a call it a leak or what have you uh Japanese website for Marvel official like in Japan released a mm-hmm. uh, image of everything coming out in 2022 and we knew about everything except for a picture that said what if season two somewhere in the summer of 2022. So I just want to okay. throw out there now if it's happening, I'm excited for it. But we don't really necessarily know whether or not that's going on. But I wanted to throw that in as we're on the topic of Marvel stuff. I need to know more about what uh, Owatu is up to now that he's done taking down Multiverse uh, Ultron. It better not come out because I did my fantasy draft with the MCU (laughs) cast. And I drafted with the intent of that show not coming out. So it is going to... It's going to do words that I cannot say on this podcast if it comes out. So, <laughs> no. Please wait till next year. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say that it was on my list of most anticipated things, too, but I don't want to put myself in uh, Zoo Hair's Crosshairs. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Scotty knew. He was drafting specifically to take you down. That's what that was. Have you drafted it? <laughs> I have not. I need to. Oh, okay. I, I just, I just, we started seeing the messaging going back and forth that we were already registered and whatnot. So I'm sure that'll be happening very soon. Sweet. Andrew, you Shout registered? I'm not registered. Oh, you need to get on that. I think okay. I do. We are referring to the fantasy draft that Zuhair and Sarah Day put together for last year. Now it is a official part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, which is um, a show that's part of the Stranded Panda Network here that we are a part of. And I will, I always call it the flagship show because it's really where everything started. It's what brought all of us together, you know, one way or another, Matt and Jeff are, are kind of responsible for that. So it's I'm the 2008 Iron Man of this, of this network. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. All right. Okay. So 
what else did we uh staying on the superhero end of things the harley quinn season three was mentioned i haven't mm-hmm. finished two yet but i absolutely love that show it is hysterical yeah ag- agreed it's one of those ones that i i normally sit down when i've got some free time and i'll watch like two or three episodes but i haven't had like a full-on binge for it yet i'm somewhere probably in the halfway range um for season two but it it's it's wonderful it's very mature so uh be prepared there's going to be a lot of f-bombs and they're kind of irreverent with some of your favorite characters i love uh the way they treat batman Diedrich bader is one of my he's actually one of my favorite batman i will say um in terms of the voice performance but then <laughs> commissioner gordon <laughs> he's such a punching bag in that show <laughs> uh, clayface is the one that i wasn't prepared for oh just the thespian lifestyle <laughs> with uh alan tudyk uh doing dual roles there he does um clayface as well as the joker which if you listen to our young joker. just yeah if you listen to our young justice or young justice coverage i did not like that iteration of the of the joker but i love tudyk's take on the joker so good oh yeah uh let's see bad batch season two got a, uh, at least one mention here right Yes. That, yes, I didn't know that that was confirmed for this year, though. That's what I was wondering, but I, I don't know if it. I know we're getting a season two, but they didn't necessarily say when. But season one just kind of was announced, and then like a couple months later, it was like here it is. So it could be any time. Yeah. yeah. If it does come out this year, I'll be interested to see like how much crossover it has with like the book of Boba Fett that's coming out right now. Obviously, we got to see the character of Finnick Shand in Bad Batch season uh, one there. So the uh, it seems like Star Wars is really thriving. Eh, excuse me, Star Wars is really thriving in the TV show realm as opposed to the movies, which is you know not yeah, necessarily I like that they're keeping everything close to the original trilogy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a whole period of time that we really know nothing about, so it's nice to be able to fill in those gaps. Yeah, Filoni uh, is doing a really good job of taking all those threads that we had and just sewing them into a nice, perfect show of, here's what you want to see, here it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess on the anime side of things, we do have the final season of Attack on Titan, which I know we've kind of discussed off-air. That is a show... We might do some catch up on in in time for that season or that final season there. So definitely tune in for that. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones just because we're we're kind of locked in on Demon Slayer. We'll just kind of take our time with it like we did with Young Justice, kind of go by arc and just watch all of it together because I've only seen up until season two. So it'd be nice if all of us just kind of watched it together and had genuine reactions together on it. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I will say from a listener perspective, that was one of the really cool parts about Young Justice was Zuhair having seen a bunch of it and Jay Scotty not. You got these two different perspectives, so you guys kind of having that watch through together will definitely bring a lot of that energy right back through to the uh, coverage. Sweet. I'll have a, I'll have somebody like designated to break up the arcs for me, so I don't have to spoil myself on it. There you go. And <laughs> I mean, I have a couple of friends who are really into the show, so maybe we can have some of them hop in for an arc or two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know it's one of the most celebrated animes out there and for good reason. Uh, Now, educate me on Chainsaw Man. The name alone draws me in, but I know nothing about it. You got nothing? 
the, nope. the closest I have, I think I've seen some screenshots of the manga out there where okay. it is literally a dude with a chainsaw head. I couldn't tell you anything about the story, but I feel like I have seen pictures of Chainsaw Man and I feel like he was a background character in something that then got his mm. own story because people loved him so much. I could very well be wrong. I could be thinking of a different man with a chainsaw head, and this is something completely different. But I he's have got, he's got a head for a chainsaw. Yeah, right? I've chainsaw heard a lot of people talking about the like I've heard the word chainsaw man all over the internet, but it's never been something that I'm like well, it's intriguing, but we have enough anime to talk about most of the time anyway. But I'm pretty sure. Did you find anything, Zuhair? It's a Yakuza-based story. I mean, the the plot that I found was just so long, there was no way I was going to read all of that. Mm. Uh, When his father died, Denji was stuck with a huge debt and no way to pay it back. Thanks to a devil dog, he saved Dame Pochita. He is able to survive through odd jobs and killing devils for the Yakuza. Hmm. Pochita's chainsaw powers come in handy against these powerful demons. Okay. I would just leave it there. I <laughs> that sounds like yeah. a perfect not spoiler. Here we go. Yeah, the the rest of what I read sounds kind of spoilery, so yeah. um, I guess I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Well then I guess the final mention that we got for animes is going to be Dragon Ball Super. What I miss. We did also have. Yeah, someone... no, it just kind of looks like I was. I was thinking of Edward Scissor's hands as while I was oh, looking okay. at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we did also have someone say something about One Punch Man. I don't know. If, oh right, uh, good call. Good call. I've only seen the first season, but it was so good. It, so, it's so, good. How, so. How long has the first season been going on? Because aren't there like nine hundred episodes or something? No, I think like there's that? three seasons out for One Punch. Oh, I'm getting forgive me, I'm getting One Punch Man with um, One Piece. One Piece. One Piece confused, yeah. Uh, no, no, I know, One Piece is going to, like, go down to our grandchildren. Yeah. Um. That, yeah, One no, Punch Man is about three seasons in, and uh, it was, it was, it had the same problem that Attack on Titan did, and a lot of anime, which, like, they don't announce when something is coming out, it's just surprise it's here, so I lose track of it. But the first season was just truly incredible. The action was insane, but it was so funny at the same time. Yeah. And they moved over to a different studio. So the production quality kind of dropped down after that. Hmm. Um, but I guess it's getting a little more. Yeah, I I, th- I want to say that I've seen the first two seasons. I'm getting a little confused about how it was broken up now, but uh definitely the title character is the reason to watch you know he's got his more serious apprentice who's a bit of like a a cyborg uh, type with a who's it's basically his mission is kind of what's driving the story but yeah um it's it's a little bit more of a tongue-in-cheek kind of they set up these big action sequences and a lot of times it like he builds up your anticipation so much and then it's all in the name there. He defeats his enemies with one punch and he's just so nonchalant about it. So it's really great. Yeah. I'm excited to see more from that one. And then apparently there's a Jujutsu Kaisen movie. Right. Yeah. I believe it's a prequel to the first season. Okay. So I don't know how much you would actually need going into it. If anyone were looking to watch it, but for all intents and purposes, it should be good. 
Then we have okay. Demon Slayer in all its glory. Right, right. Yes. Uh, but one Disney one that we missed that's arguably my most anticipated animated content of this year is Lightyear. Mm-hmm. Here, here. To infinity. And... and... <laughs> we don't know how it ends. <laughs> Just a fist bump. So, yeah, we we did our whole trailer breakdown for that one. It's it's at the top of my most anticipated for 2022 as well. I just I feel like they they knew what they were doing so much when they cast Chris Evans, and it's just like he. It's Captain America. Who else would you want for Buzz Lightyear, other than Tim Allen? But I, I actually think this is a better choice personally. Who else would you want to explore the depths of the Star Wars universe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited it's for totally it. on Tatooine sure. and Dagobah, and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, good call. No, I was, ju- I was just gonna say I'm excited for it. It's not at the top of my list. Not to say that there's any detracting factors. I'm very excited. I just think there's things I'm a, I'm a little bit more excited for. Spider Verse being possibly at the top of my list. But one thing that uh, Zuhair and I know very well, we were kind of planning out content for 2022. As we talked about, anime just likes to say, oh, it's done. And then two weeks later, it's on whatever network you're watching it on. So Mm -hmm. there's so many things that are probably going to come out this year that we don't know are coming out. Right. So the list wasn't even that long to pick things from to begin with. So I wouldn't be surprised if something else pops up and just blows this out of the water somewhere along the way as well. Sure. I just realized I'm getting a little bit of something from all four of my anime Mount Rushmore content. Because we're getting we're... a dragon. So my, my four things are Dragon Ball, Naruto, My Hero, and Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my Hero's coming out later this year. Demon Slayer's going on right now. I'm currently binging Boruto, which is still a running show. Mm-hmm. So like new episodes are coming out every Sunday. And then we have a Dragon Ball Super movie that's going to be heavy on Gohan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm getting all four this year. They just clicked to me. Nice. You nice. are a lucky anime fan. Yes, sir. Because there are plenty of us that our favorite anime is not looking pretty for the future <laughs> anytime soon. Uh, Looking at this list real quick, I think the only thing for anticipation on mind was the Baymax series that we were talking about. Okay. Yeah. I I had that on my list as well. I kind of split my list between movies and series, but yeah, we talked about how frozen or I, that all that conversation took place off air, but you guys kind of mentioned how frozen kind of stole some of the thunder um, from big hero six, but that was, you know, one of the first collaborations between Disney and Marvel. And it's just a a really great movie, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. Cameo. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Baymax, I'm sure it's going to be um, probably more on the on the kid friendly side of things, but I'm still excited for it. I mean, Baymax is just the perfect marketing tool right there. Hopefully he sells as well as uh, Baby Yoda or Grogu merchandise. <laughs> One can we can help. only hope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so again, to fast forward through this, the things that I missed in 2021. So we talked about Mitchell vs. Machine. We talked about Wrong Gone Wrong, uh, Juju Kaisen. The only thing I'm missing is Fire Force. I watched the first episode, but I haven't got much farther on that. Uh, Sword Art okay. Online had a movie in October that was about like the first few levels of the first part, which is pretty fascinating, but I haven't seen it yet. And then another anime that we missed was uh, Tresse, 
which was a detective movie, but it was about demons in the Philippines and a lot of like Filipino lore. Oh, cool. uh, that was oh. another one that we talked about having Guru Irvin on, but we never got around to it. So mm. those are some things that I just plan on watching this year. Okay. Because I missed it. Very good. Andrew, did you have anything from uh, things you missed in 2021 or most anticipated for 2022 that you wanted to address? I have a few more, but I will let you. Yeah, I, I've got a couple to quick knock out. Uh, you guys yeah. talked about One Punch Man. Another anime that that studio made is uh, Mob Psycho 100. Hmm, okay. The first two seasons of it came out. Uh, I think it started in like 2016 or something. Again, just kind of one of those off the wall uh, demon fighting based shows, but it has that same dry, witty humor as One Punch Man does. Nice. Okay, and cool. they have, I think, released a trailer in like December. So we're assuming it's coming out sometime in 2022, but no one has an official release date. But I'm definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Um, for all of our Young Justice fans out there, the art director of that show, his name is uh, Phil Barisa. Mm. He is uh, also helping with the art direction of a show called Vox Machina on Amazon Prime. I talked about how I don't really love the brand deals, but um, this one, I believe, is paired with Critical Role, the oh, acclaimed yeah. Dungeons & Dragons podcast. I think it's based in their world or whatever, but you can tell by looking at it, it is that same lovable, flat art style of Young Justice. Cool. So I don't know how I'm going to feel about the story because I have no ties to Critical Role, but I think I'm going to probably hopefully give it a shot just because I want to see what else that art style can give us outside of Young Justice and DC content. But speaking of DC content, there's one thing that I have my fingers and toes and everything else crossed for that I'm hoping and praying we... Oh, jeez, I hit my microphone. I apologize if that made a loud noise to everyone. Um, I'm hoping and praying comes that's out... That's just how excited you are. <laughs> I am. I was giddy, and that's why I hit it. Um, they've announced Batman, the Caped Crusader, that is supposed to have J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves... Uh, I had the page pulled up. Give me a moment here. That must be a bad robot production, then. I don't know. Let's see. J.J. Uh, Abrams, Matt Reeves, the co-creator of the original animated series, Bruce Tim. They are all signed on as either producers or writers or creators of this new Batman Cape Crusader show that is supposed to take the art from his original showings in uh, Detective Comics 27 and turn oh, wow. it into an animated TV show that is supposed to have that gothic style and everything else. So it sounds super reminiscent of the amazing Batman, the animated series from the eighties. Mm-hmm. And I am just hoping and praying that it is both that amazing and comes out in 2022. They announced it at this past year's DC fandom. So it's like, okay, this could be 2022, 2023. Nobody knows, but that's my like number one thing that I think I'm super hyped for that i don't know whether or not will actually come out but if it does it just sounds like they have so many good people behind it i am so excited it's no secret to the to those of you who listen to our young justice coverage i am a dc fanboy at heart so more batman makes me more happy that whole statement is literally everything that makes me cringe about anime (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean when is it coming out? Give me answers. Oh, okay. Okay. oh yes, and that's what I, I don't need the answers. Just give it to me. That's all. Just yeah. Just the description alone sounds uh, super unique and super exciting to me. I like bringing that classic comic book style to life is something I don't think we've ever seen done. I do think about um, there were a couple of movies that came out 
uh, before Adam West passed away that were tied into the continuity of like the 1960s uh, Batman show. And I love those for what they were. It was kind of like one of those things they always wanted to have. Will, Will Shatner appear as Two-Face on the show, but it never happened. And they were able to bring him in as Two-Face in the animated world. So um, yeah, it, it'll definitely be exciting to see like the talent that you mentioned there, J.J. Abrams, Matt Reeves. I mean, we obviously have Matt Reeves working on He's directing the Batman, the live action one with Robert Pattinson that'll be coming out in 2022. If we were talking about, you know, non-animated content, I think that w- that's probably at the pretty close to the top of the list for all three of us. But oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go through mine real quickly. Um, I separated like mine between movies and series. So we brought up Baymax. Uh, I'll put an asterisk next to what if season two. Uh, the other Marvel one that I, I noted was I Am Groot. And the main thing that stuck out to me about that one is the art style. They said it's a, they're going for a photorealistic art style. So I haven't seen anything yet, but just that description has me pretty pretty excited to see what they're going to do. I don't know if um, it's going to be a huge departure from What If, or we're going to get you know just a, a next level of animation, something kind of closer to bad batch or something like that in terms of the textures and the details and whatnot, but de- definitely excited with that description. Um, the ben other Diesel one I've got, glory. yeah, exactly. Delivering those three words over and over again. It could very well just be, they're talking about, you know, photo real animation. Is that just going to be the CG group from the movies? I, I kind of wondered as well, because uh, I think of the, quote unquote live action uh Lion King that came out and you know people give it flack for being a beat for beat recreation of the original animated series, which it is, but uh it's it is an animated film still because there's nothing on screen that is that is real. It's all generated from a computer. So it could be just what you're saying there, but that is still technically animated. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds really interesting if that's the case though. That that sounds like a monumental project for someone to take on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other one I've got that is connected to a movie series that we haven't seen anything from a long time, but it speaks to me as a fan of horror and horror comedy. Uh, it's Gremlins, The Secret of the Mogwai. So looks yes. like it's going to be pretty silly, but I, I just love the Gremlins. So uh, I'm already on board for that one. How do you feel about Gremlins 2? Oh, clearly not as good as the first one, but I, I still... I still love it. You still love it. Okay, because there are some fans out there that are like, no, that, that movie doesn't count. I, I wanted to know how you felt as a fan yeah. of the series. I, I watched them young enough, and I, I watched them probably before I should have. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, I was young enough to where it, it didn't make a difference to me. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, Home Alone 2 is still a great quality film, but it basically followed the beats of the first one, uh, beat for beat again. So some people write that one off, but there are so many great moments from that one that I love and, and same can be said for, for gremlins uh, and gremlins too. Um, so yeah, that takes care of my series. Uh, we've already discussed a lot of the movies, um, obviously Lightyear and Spider-Man across the, uh, the Spider-Verse part one are big ones for me, but I've got a, a special shout out here. Uh, the Bob's burger movie. We were supposed to get this, this movie a long time ago and I love this series. It's one of my favorite ones when I just kind of want to sit down get something lighthearted and just have a laugh. I throw on Bob's burgers and it's just, it's delightful. So uh, yeah, like I said, it's been delayed for two years, but it's finally supposed to come out this year. So H John Benjamin, there's a little bit of crossover there from another series I mentioned with Archer. Uh, But yeah, if you haven't watched Bob's burgers, I highly recommend it. 
And then the other one, I don't know all that much about, but uh, when I saw it on the list, it definitely piqued my interest. And that is Wendell and the Wild. And that is a stop motion film um, coming from Henry Selleck, who directed Coraline, which was done by Laika. Mm. And I am a huge fan of Laika and everything they do. Uh, one of my greatest hopes in the world is that we will get a superhero movie done by Laika. And I think Green Lantern is the best one to do that with, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but anyway, it's also done by Monkey Paw, who they're actually known for more of their darker stuff, their horror stuff. Um, the Happy Death Day series are a couple of my favorites that have come out of Monkey Paw. But it's Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele reuniting to voice these characters. And they are demon brothers that basically have to go up against a demon casting nun and her two acolytes. So um, it sounds like it's scratching all the itches for me, the creepy and the horror vibe. But of course, when you've got Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele, uh, they did team up together outside of uh, Key and Peele and uh, some of the movies they've done together. They were together in Story, eh, Toy Story 4, and they had one of the funniest sequences in that for me. So I'm just pretty excited for this one. For sure. I didn't know anything about that, but you kind of just sold me on it. So Same. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy to do so. I, I really didn't know too much about it. But yeah, it's it's slated for 2022. So hopefully we see a trailer or, so, or something soon. All the demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That you, is the you mentioning Gremlins and you mentioning uh, Amazon Prime reminded me that uh, Hotel Transylvania Four is also on Amazon Prime right now. Oh, nice, cool. Oh. I haven't seen any of the Hotel Transylvania movies, but I feel kind of bad for not doing so because I know they've all been directed by Gindy Tartakovsky, who is one of my favorite creators. You know, from Dexter's Lab to his involvement with the Powerpuff Girls and. Uh, Samurai Jack and Primal is a show on HBO Max that again I'm kind of working my way through slowly but I love you should definitely watch the first one because it's great okay <laughs> I can't I'll say I remember out. the second or third because I watched it a while ago and I've only seen it once but the first one is really great nice I know it's like Adam Sandler and his usual like uh, group of core heart cohorts excuse me um Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, yep. and the like. And cool. Selena Gomez. Ooh, nice. Very nice. Well, cool. I uh, This episode ran a little bit longer than anticipated, but I, I think uh, we got a lot of enjoyment out of it, and hopefully uh, this was a, a great feedback episode. I hope it encourages our listeners, our anime enthusiasts, all you out there, to continue to give us uh, feedback and with that in mind, it's been a while since we've gotten any reviews. Uh, reviews are huge in terms of our visibility on the charts and introducing us to new people. So if you've got a few seconds to spare and you like what we're doing here, please just uh, give us some love on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Just drop us a review. It'd be you can much even leave us an updated review. Yeah, that's a great, great idea. Okay, well, on that note, I will sign off. Jay Scotty saying... Thanks for making 2021 such a great year and super excited for 2022. Keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. Spider-Verse. Stay warmed. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Muscle, muscle, muscle. Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed.
There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was hoping hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give the trash a second chance it was hoping for. Your hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today.